Alrighty, everybody, welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number six. Starting us off here, Chase, what drink are you bringing? Uh, today I'm drinking Cass's favorite drink of all time, and that would be straight tequila. <laughs> That's your favorite drink of all time, Cass? Jesus Christ, I hate tequila. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said that sarcastically because I know yeah. Cass absolutely despises te- tequila, so... Um, so do you like margaritas, you? Cass? Margaritas are okay. I'd still rather have a margarita, but it had rum in it. Like it's literally, just I don't. Terrible. I don't think it's a real name... margarita if it has rum in it. No. no, but if I go to a bar and order a margarita, I could ask them to put rum in it, unless it's one of the slushy made ones behind the yeah, bar. Then they're going to judge you, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't give a fuck. It's my drink. I'm paying for it. <laughs> fuck you. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, Chase, did you have more to say about that? Sorry, I kind of interrupted you. No, not really. It just that. Uh... Like, Cass is, feel, like, feel free to come over here and have a sip if you want. Like, it's really good. <laughs> what, what, what are you drinking? Is it the Casadores? Yeah, I'm drinking uh, Casadores Añejo. Yeah. So, Not, it's pretty, uh, pretty sweet. Is it? I thought he had some of that the other day that I tried, and I did not like it at all. Uh, he probably didn't have an Añejo. Oh, okay. That might be it. Uh, maybe after That'd the podcast, I'll swing by and try a sip. Yeah. All right, Hunter. Yeah, so I have a uh, very basic uh, concoction here. I call it the Sublime. It is lime seltzer with gin and then an actual piece of lime in it. It's very good. All right. You're you're putting in my favorite drink. There you go. You really dislike gin? I hate gin, yeah. (laughs) Oh, gin is the best, dude. I just can't do it. Yeah, when it comes to, like, spirits or hard alcohol, Chase tends to dislike the ones that I like, with got it, got the it. exception of what I'm currently drinking, uh, which is some good old-fashioned American bourbon. Um, I do like bourbon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bourbon's great. And then after that, I'm going to—actually, let me grab it from the fridge so I know exactly what it's called, because um, I haven't had this one before yet. So this is see the it. content that I wish we had video for, so that all of our <laughs> viewers could, you know, get watch Cass get up and go to the fridge real quick, and watch okay. me pouring some more Uncle Val's into my glass. Yep. So I got a, I got a hyperbolic. Use and appreciate. Bumbleberry smoothie IPA. I don't I know a, what a bumbleberry is. Yeah, I was about to ask. Did you know? That sounds what a extremely fake. <laughs> no, I have no clue what a bumbleberry is. Is but, it real? It's got a really cool peacock on the can, and it's 8.2%, and it looked pretty good, so I bought it. Yeah, we I mean, know you all bought it just good. because of the uh, the last four letters of that word. Which would be cock, if you didn't understand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the chase got it. Okay. <laughs> Cast it not. All right. At any rate, let's uh, uh, there move is, on. Wait, to... wait, wait. I, I just looked it up. There is no such thing as a bumbleberry. <laughs> no. You got ripped off, Cass. <laughs> you buy a drink flavored after a fake berry. Bumbleberry refers to mixed fruit. Ah, uh, okay. It's so like mixed berry, mixed but like fruit more smoothie. That sounds fine. Yeah, I, got... I don't know why they have to call it bumbleberry. Because it Charge sounds more money, better than right. writing mixed fruit smoothie IPA. I don't know. Okay, at any rate, let's uh, let's get into the actual Valorant here. Oh, uh, great, because so, I have no idea what we're talking about today. Neither do I. Um, the first topic of the day is hot takes. Oh, You're going to need everybody's hot Valorant takes. And then you're going to get in a period of time to give a very short explanation. 
And then each of us is going to get a chance to have a small retort. And then we're going to move on. Oh, I already know what I'm going to say. All right, Hunter, then kick it away. <laughs> okay. Kick it off, take it away. I kind of put those two together, but you know. Cool, cool. My hot take is that... First, there's some context required before I give the hot take, right? So since Valorant has come out, uh, there have been a, a huge amount of changes to gun balance. And the ones that – there are some that have been global. For example, running and gunning, whether it was with a shotgun, an SMG, or a rifle, that used to be much more easy to do accurately, like when the game launched. So I'm – so all of those changes have been predominantly good, the ones that affect guns overall across the board or even classes of guns. But one thing that Riot has done over the uh, – since the game has launched has been to take the eco guns. I'm talking Stinger, Bucky, uh, uh, Shorty. I'm sure there's some I'm forgetting. Marshall. Yeah, well, not a- I- I'm not actually the Marshall in, in what I'm saying here. Uh, Spectre to an extent. Um Frenzy. Basically, Riot has taken a lot of the eco guns that were perceived as strong uh, at some point in the game and has uh, nerfed them heavily over time. Uh, oh, Bucky. I don't know if I said Bucky. The Bucky is a big you one. Did, you did mention the Bucky. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So let me see if I can actually be complete about this. So uh, Shorty, Bucky, Judge, uh, Stinger. Maybe there's one more I'm forgetting. But essentially, it's it's taken those guns and has nerfed them heavily, so that uh, basically you don't, so that people don't get tilted about losing to them when they have a more expensive gun. I think the game would be in a better. I think the game would be more enjoyable and better overall if all of those nerfs to the eco guns were reverted. And as a uh, as a famed Stinger fan, you might think this is just because I love the Stinger, and this is why I'm going to put in the caveat. <clears throat> I think I would I would still believe this if the Stinger was deleted from the game. As much as that would break my heart, if all of all of those eco guns were reverted back to their like launch state in terms of how they handle, and the Stinger was just removed from the game, I think that would still be a better state for those guns. Uh, for for the game as a whole than it is right now. Because I think the fact that the, the meta has shifted so heavily towards extremely light buys when you can't make a full buy instead of having a competitive buy uh, of a competitive force where you're tr- you actually have a chance to play with the gun in the right position in order to establish your advantage, uh, I think that uh, is much more interesting to watch at the pro level and to experience at the, the ranked level. So there's my hot take for you. Okay, I I understand the hot take. The, I mean, it would suck to be taken out by a less expensive gun in a fair gun fight. Sure. Like having those nerfs to the eco weapons is for a reason. Is because there is a gun. There are two guns that are twenty nine hundred dollars in the game, and those should be the ones that cost less than that. Well, um, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. I mean, situationally. So I'm I'm talking fair gunfight here. Like if you are on an eco round and you decide to buy lighter, then you're going to have to play unideally. Maybe that means um, taking like more aggressive positions or uh, hiding in corners where you're maybe one and done, but then hopefully you get traded out after that. Um, 
So you have to play different with your eco buys, which I think makes them an eco buy instead of just like forcing up to having a very competitive gun anyway. Like I, I totally understand that point. Uh, but I think that none of the guns, even at their max state, were such that they were outright better than either the Phantom or the Vandal. What you get with a Phantom or a Vandal, in my opinion, is, even with the changes I'm suggesting, the versatility. Because the Judge, once if you revert to the pre-nerf state, it becomes much more lethal at medium range. But even at medium range, it still takes several shots to kill. Uh, two or three, depending on how much health the person has. And in that time, if you have a Phantom or a Vandal, you have a chance to get the one tap on them, which the judge cannot do. And then with the Bucky, if you revert it to where the right click was extremely good. Like, yes, that right click can be punishing, but because of the Bucky's slow fire rate, unlike a Phantom or a Vandal, if you get in a situation, even up close, where you have multiple people against the Bucky, then even if the person with the Bucky is a god, you're able to get that trade, uh, even if they get one of you down. Uh, and that's only in the specific scenarios where the Bucky is, you know, the Bucky user is good because they're good either at close range 1v1 or at, at the perfect range where they can one-tap with the right-click. There's like a real weak spot in the middle there where their right-click is a little too close for the right click, but the spread of the pellets from the left click doesn't do very much. So I guess my question to kick it back to you, Chase, is what guns do you see being broken versus the Phantom or Vandal where you, you, you know, have more than just a situational advantage against them? Because sort of my contention is that even with the buffs, you still have to play around the weaknesses of those eco guns. They're, well, they're, well, here, hold on. Can, can I respond to that one, Hunter? Yeah, please. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're too strong specifically on defense in certain positions, right? Like, pre-nerf Bucky holding Hookah on bind is ridiculously strong. And to top it off, there are currently three characters in the game who can fuck off after they get a kill, right? Being Jet, Chamber, and Reyna. And those... You could potentially add Yoru in there as well, depending on... Yeah, what the potentially, exact given the situation, is. yes. Um, yeah. Yoru could also be in that. So, okay. So now we've got four potential characters who could arguably lock down Hookah with a $900 weapon. $950, maybe? Um, I never buy shotguns in this game, so I don't know what they cost. But I, I think that is, specifically on defense, a bit too strong and doesn't offer the same advantage on, on offense, necessarily. Um, whereas... The other thing is, while you were talking about with the judge at, like, medium range, how, yes, it takes you, like, two shots or whatever, um, that still is a really quick time to kill. And I don't think it's fair right. to put the onus on somebody who's using either the Phantom or the Vandal to get that one-tap headshot because of, you know, like, if you're really good, sure, you can do that reliably. But a lot of times, even if you do end up hitting a headshot in there, it might take you two to three bullets. Maybe you hit him in the nipples, and then your recoil takes a second bullet up to the head, right? But having... You don't always get a one-shot kill with those guns. And the the judge being a reliable two or three shot from that distance was ridiculous. Yeah, the fact that you don't have to aim is what I was <laughs> thinking of. Yeah. So, like, with a Phantom or a Vandal, you're going to have to be flicking to their position. 
and then hopefully flicking straight to their head and getting the one tap. Well, someone with a judge can point in your general direction and hold down until two shots happen. And at medium range, like that is extremely powerful. Well, my my counterpoint to both of y'all's uh, points, which are valid, to be fair, is that with the judge, you still give up the range that you still have to be in a situation where you can actually play at medium range. So like in a scenario where you have a judge on an eco on defense, where we're talking about the shotguns being more oppressive and the enemy team takes the other site, retaking with the judge is was is still pretty brutal uh you'd be better off with a sheriff for uh less money in that case because you can't control the the angle of an engagement and then if what i what i liked about the way things were before is that if you were you know buying up uh buying full against the team where they had enough money where someone on the other team could have a judge or a bucky then that means you have to actually invest utility to clear out those points where they could be because if you didn't, you were you didn't have as, that much of an advantage anymore because, you know, their gun was actually pretty potent. Whereas now I feel like you can just kind of death ball in with your better guns or alternately you can, you can do one of two things. One, you can death ball in and just try to mop up people on a site or you can spread out and make sure they, the other team gets in a disadvantageous position by pushing or something and then react from that. Whereas before it required you to actually respect the other team's buy because like even in hookah with a with a bucky like if you if you if if uh you're pushing hookah with your phantoms and vandals uh, and the other team might have a, a judge or a bucky in there like if you use the right combination of utility like if you use a breach aftershock to clear the left side coming into hookah you use some flashes to get to the other side you you can still you know neutralize the advantage that the defender has you just actually have to be to be coordinated and respect it whereas i don't feel like you do right now given this the, the okay, status well, of those guns well i still think that. that with those guns they still have a situational place right now like we were watching cast and i were watching the um cloud nine versus Fnatic game earlier today so i watched that as well so we all three watched it yes for the record and, today is the first of december yes that we are recording this yeah, who knows? They might play again. I'm not sure. It's the first they day might. of Champions. So, right, right. Um, what comes to mind immediately is uh, Zeppa buying the uh, the shotgun in what split uh, B Heaven? Vanity on C9 was doing that. It was whoever was playing Rays on Fnatic. Doma, maybe? Durka? I think it was Durka. Okay. I'll look this up while you, while you, while Chase and it keeps going. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm bad with names. It was the it was the Rays on on Fnatic that that was doing this, and basically, like, there was util used to try to clear this angle, and still with the current state of the judge, um, they got two kills immediately. Oh yeah, he was flashed to shit. Still yeah. got the kills because that's that's the strength of a shotgun, right? I don't need to see you. See, yeah, that was the, going the fact is that over there. They, they put themselves in a situation where the judge was very uh, useful, which they were holding an off angle kind of up high and really close range so that even when they were used, like utility was used, they could still try to get the kill. And the judge is just better in that circumstance. And so I think that you still have those opportunities if you're half buying or 
uh, saving for the next round and you're able to buy up to one of these eco weapons that if you put yourself in a situation where they are better, then you can still get those kills. It's not like there's no situations where they're better than a Vandal or a Phantom now. I see what you're saying. I just think I, I it would... reduces the situations where they're better than a Vandal or Phantom. I would also yeah. say I very much agree with the buff to the Frenzy. And I would actually really like it if they could figure out a way to buff the Frenzy for non-pistol rounds, but, like, it stays in its current state for pistol round. I don't well, know how... just to be clear, the only change that the Frenzy has been that it went up in price, right? I'm not aware. Uh, no, the run-and-gun spread, I believe, got a bit wider. Yeah, I think that's... You're welcome to have that opinion, but I'm pretty sure the run-and-gun spread with the Frenzy was part of the global run-and-gun nerf, okay. uh, which I was saying I wasn't suggesting sure, that sure. any okay. of the global nerfs be removed. Yeah, okay. That could okay. be your hot take off of my hot take, but sure, that's sure. a little different than what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Okay, um, so what do you, what about the, the Stinger and, you said to an extent, the Spectre? Um, what What do you think is too nerfed about them right now? Well, the uh, the biggest... So the biggest thing with the the stinger, even though I was leaving it out of the conversation at first, so that there wouldn't be any allegations of me, you know, doing my usual stinger propaganda, uh, is that they 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 just essentially initially decided that it was so powerful they needed to increase the cost while reduce, reducing how it works. Um, Sorry, I'm not speaking very clearly on this. They, they initially decided to make it much more con difficult to use consistently to have a good, reliable uh, spread. And then they also increased the price. And then they realized, oh, no, we went too far. And they decreased the price while maintaining the, the nerfs to how it, how it uh, functions. So in my opinion, the issue with the Stinger is is made worse, has been made worse since the, the changes happened. It's just that... Since people aren't using it as much, no one is talking about it. The issue with the Stinger, when the running gun of the Phantom and Vandal and other rifles were nerfed, was that it was too easy to uh, run around with the Stinger and do well. And not only was it too easy to do, but also so much of your success in doing that was based on uh, RNG. Not standing for... Uh, run and gun but standing for you know random number generation so that depending on how the spread went you could ha have a lot of success or not and by increasing the spread of the stinger they make it so that your success with the stinger is based even more around you know randomness it's just that because the stinger has been effectively removed from the meta for the most part even though i did see some stinger buys in the fanatic versus cloud nine blue game it just there's just a huge variance in you know, when you're standing still or when you're on the move, either way, if you pull the trigger on someone at, say, 10 meters, where your bullets will go. Uh, and so I honestly think they should uh, e do one of two things. One, just make the spread a, a bit tighter again. Actually, I have three ideas. One, make the spread a bit, a bit tighter for the regular fire. Two, uh, bring it back to the full 18 shots per uh second uh fire rate that it used to have uh it got reduced to 16 or three uh make the right click burst firing uh the way it was before where it didn't hugely increase in spread if you continue to spam it because those three changes have really meant that the gun is if it feels very inconsistent to use even though i've learned how to play around the inconsistency a bit 
Okay, okay. so maybe maybe bringing up the stinger as like I'm glad you explained it, but I also agree that the stinger needs a buff because yeah, I, I would like fucking to hate the stinger. Yeah, it's okay. the worst. It's the worst. But so here's my the, big thing. The point that I'm trying to make is that I I think that it is so bad right now. I hate it so much that it must need a buff. I but see. I don't okay. think that that means that every eco weapon in the game needs a buff. Sure, sure. All right, fuck you. Stand still. Pull the trigger. Right. What What are you talking about? Like the whole running gun spread being RNG. That's great. No, it's it's not it, even running gun. It, it is that's, straight that's up standing now, spread. Now, when you're RNG. standing still, yeah. perhaps the spread can be improved. Right. When you are not physically moving, I would like to see them lower the spread a bit on that gun. Yeah, great, okay. because well, that's why, like, it's so unreliable. If I'm standing in a corner and I'm, like, yeah. just standing, I will empty a clip and maybe sometimes not even hit a bullet. Like, yeah, like, I, I think the run-and-gun nerf to the extent that they went with it is a good thing. I also think that the run-and-gun on the Spectre right now is also really fucking strong. Like, round two, when I buy a Spectre, I'm basically never standing still. And, like, the spread on that could maybe use a nerf. Um, specifically for round two. Uh, but only in round two, this red is worse. Yeah, right. <laughs> That'd be well, so like, wacky. Ah, yeah, it's like okay, because that's it goes back to the same thing that I was talking about with the frenzy, right? Is like there are guns that I like the state that they're in or don't like the state that they're in for certain rounds, but would like them to be different for like general rounds, if that makes sense. Well, I think that's where the economy like uh buffs and nerfs come yeah come into it yeah so okay. that they try to make it more or less uh economical to buy it on round yeah. two or to because, buy it on pistol like, like not obviously not the specter but, at, but yeah like when you're talking about the frenzy right because i i genuinely believe that i think the frenzy is in a really good place in pistol round right now number one in pro play you don't see it very often so it clearly it's not crazy strong um and but also I really like it as a pistol round buy. Um like specifically when I'm playing Jet on offense, I think it's a fantastic gun to have. Or when I'm playing Omen and I get Frenzy and Paranoia, like I think that's a really good combo. But I'm very well I, aware of this from all the times Cass is yeah, playing on an ult and he demands I my glitch pop frenzy when I'm playing on my main. I don't think that that gun is viable outside a pistol round. And so I think they need to change it in some way to make it a bit more viable. Like, we lose pistol round, right? But maybe I got two kills. So, I got a little bit of extra money. I don't need a 100% full save. The Frenzy just isn't even an option. Like, it's it's just not going to get the job done when the enemy has, uh, like, full shields. Oh, it's an option. I actually really like the Frenzy as a oh, I have no money. I have to full save. Uh, I could spare 450 credits. It's like very situationally. I've have gotten some really good kills with the frenzy on like full save rounds. Okay. See, I would actually think that perhaps they buff it and increase the price to like 650, give or take. Make it more expensive than the ghost. 650. Yeah, make it more expensive than the ghost. Wait, wait. So let me interrupt to say that I'm assuming you mean that with 650, would would it stay that price for pistol round, or are you proposing some sort of variable? No, 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 no. no. It stays. It stays 650 for pistol round. You make it a lot stronger. 
but now you can't really buy shit with it, right? You can get $100 or $150 worth of util with it. Hmm. But okay, this is neither here nor there. This isn't. This doesn't really have anything to do with your hot take. Uh, Chase, you have any comments left on Hunter's hot take? Or well, I mean, can I actually say yeah. one comment uh, on you what you were saying, them. Cass? So you were saying like, oh well, the stick, the 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 stinger standing still should have a better spread, but it shouldn't be buffed when it comes to the running gun. And to me, I think that looking at it that way is a little odd because. The way that I view the Stinger should be changed, if we're talking about the spread specifically, is that the overall spread of the gun should be tighter. And then, of course, the current penalties for the running gun will still apply. So if that happened, the running gun spread would be tighter, but it's not like it would be vastly tighter. I'm not saying they should change the running gun penalty. It's just that that would, in effect, buff both. And I think the whole point of an SMG is being able to run and gun. And with the Stinger versus the Spectre, having a much smaller clip, it's not like it would be... There's always been a choice between Stinger and Spectre because the Stinger requires you to be close and precise with your running and gunning because you run out of bullets really quickly. So I don't think there should be this dichotomy where they they would what they would have to do is increase improve the spread of the base gun and then increase the multiplier of how bad it is when running and gunning to do what you're talking about. And I don't think yes. that makes any sense at all. I think that it's, actually makes a lot of sense. It's something that they've with done with here. a ton of guns before. What? It's something that they've done with guns before. Like, uh, when we're talking about the classic... Nerf, no, right? no, no, no. They, they've never decreased the spread of a gun while increasing its running gun multiplier. Oh, sure, that but I'm saying, I'm saying the mechanics are in the game. Right? Oh, like of they course. Have the, they have the ability to do that. Because when they came to the classic nerf, like the classic nerf, right, it was mostly a penalty to the running gun, but they also added a penalty to the walking and right-clicking, and then right, they right. also added a separate penalty to the jumping and right-clicking. Exactly. Um, so I know that they have the ability to do those different things. And oh, I yeah, think I'm that not doubting should. that they do. Right, I'm saying I think they should. In the case I'm of saying the, maybe, maybe in the case of the Stinger... Um, like Stinger versus Spectre is it, you have to pay the extra money to buy a Spectre if you want to run and gun more. Whereas the Stinger can put off a lot more bullets, but is really only accurate if you're standing still. Well, the the issue that I have with that is that the Stinger in most cases already does less damage than the Spectre. They're only a, basically only at extremely close range does the, basically only with close range body shots does the Stinger have a, a higher, I'm sorry, a better time to kill, a lower time to kill than the Spectre. Because the the Stinger, again, someone with full armor, has to three-tap to the head, whereas the Spectre only has to two-tap to the head. It costs then, less money. Well, yes, it does, but the fact of the matter is, it doesn't cost... Like, the Spectre costs less than double the amount of the Stinger, and the Spectre already, what you get is a lot more versatility. Alex talks about this a lot when we're talking about the difference between the guns. That with the Spectre, uh, you can still three-tap someone to the head from a distance, have a bigger mag, and in general be able to consistently put in damage without having to worry about ADSing at any range. So I really feel strongly that the the Stinger should be able to run and gun slightly better. I'm not saying hugely better. Uh because I, I don't think that the that the Spectre as the run and gun gun makes a lot of sense, considering that that's the whole Stinger's that's the Stinger's whole you know, niche, the close-range combat versus the Spectre. 
Okay, I understand but, that. Yeah, close ranges. I can I can mm-hmm. get behind what you're saying. I I think a lot of what it comes down to is at um based on the way the economy in this game works, there have been a number of situations where I'm trying to scrape together whatever I can. Sure. And I don't have enough money to get a Spectre. Yeah. But I do have enough money to get a Stinger. And you, right? as, and you always buy the Stinger in those cases. No, I buy a Marshall instead. <laughs> I know, I'm joking. The stinger. Um, <laughs> I know. But my, my point being is just, just by nature of the way that like you get money in this game and how much you spend money... Um, and what agents' abilities cost. I find that on average, you when you're trying to like get get like a little bit of money, like I got a bit of extra money that I can buy in to this round with and still be able to full buy next round, is oftentimes you will be able to buy that that stinger, but you can't afford that specter, and therefore right. I think it doesn't need to be double the price of the stinger. Like it, the increase in price, I think is very relevant. It's a more expensive gun. It should well, have I'm, not, I'm not agreeing. It's not. It's not relevant. I think it already has advantages, and and it it did before. The only time the stinger was meta was when run and gun when just nerfed on everything ever, but the SMGs. When have you ever bought a specter for those advantages over a stinger? Name one time. Uh, never. Absolutely never. There we go. <laughs> Okay, but but, but, but they, very weird. I don't know what that's that's proving. Yeah, I'm that, almost that alone is, in that opinion. <laughs> everyone else yeah. will buy a Spectre over a yeah. Stinger. So right, right. I think that what Hunter is saying, Cass, is that relative to the Spectre and in the run and gun point that I specifically brought up, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that nerfing the uh, the run and gun on the Stinger, but buffing the like standing like fire spread yeah. doesn't make sense um, because the specter already has so many more advantages over the stinger that if, if it was pretty good at running gunning still, then it would still make sense to have the specter be better and more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Chase said that really well. And because, because I'm not saying, and here's another key thing as well, right? I'm not saying that always since the beginning of the game, the specter had a tight, has a, has had a tighter spread uh, when left click full autoing than the stinger, and I'm not suggesting that be flipped. So the specter will always be better at running and gunning in the sense that it will do more damage and uh, it will be more accurate. And I'm not suggesting inverting that. I'm just saying that I think this the the stinger could use a buff still within those boundaries that applies to both the standing and the running and gunning. But what Chase said was very good. Oh, also, um, little tidbit. Uh, I learned today that. And I, I mentioned this to Chase earlier. The Spectre is literally a full auto classic. Really? Like it has the same damage? Same roughly? damage profile as the classic, but it's exactly the same. Exactly the same. No way. Yeah, I didn't it's know that. Crazy. It's it's literally a full auto classic plus a suppressor. I had no idea. And more bullets in the mag. Um, but yeah, damage profile. And different ex- sound. Yes. Um, and it's worse, more accurate. Is, literally, yeah. it just, <laughs> literally, it just has the same damage profile as the classic. Is the only thing that I'm bringing up yeah. here. Um, right. Okay. So that's kind of the end of my hot topic. I think. I, yeah. yeah I, okay. I, 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 I think you. I think it. you've made your point. We can potentially yeah. agree to disagree. Uh, jury's still out, as far as I'm concerned. Um, 
But Chase, do you have a do you have a hot take, or do you want me to go into mine here? No, I, I have a hot take. I'm actually stealing okay. it from you, so I want to make sure that you you don't steal it from me before I steal it from okay. you. Oh, um, baby. So this is something I've been thinking about a lot, and I kind of agree with uh, the more that I think about it. Um, shotguns should not be in the game. That oh. was actually not my hot take, but Chase, I agree. That's very much the opposite of my hot take. Shotguns are bullshit. So what I'm thinking is that, you know, just shotguns in general. So Shorty, Bucky, Judge. It's a bit of a meme right now that, like, a precise gunplay is a thing in Valorant, right? Just the words Mm -hmm. precise gunplay are a meme. But those shotguns are the epitome of imprecise gunplay. And having them in a tactical shooter, even situationally, in, like, very close-range gunfights like that, um, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't take a lot of skill. Um, Positioning-wise, possibly, there's an argument there. But also, the second point to it is that they're nothing like a shotgun in real life. I like the shorty, though. But they're (laughs) nothing like a shotgun, right? A shotgun is much, much better at at all ranges than a shotgun in a tactical (laughs) FPS. So... I mean, this comes into play, like, uh, Hunter, you and I have played a bit of Tarkov. Yeah, and I knew, you, I was hoping you would go here. And in Tarkov, the shotguns are really good. Like, yep. from medium range, a shotgun, it's supposed to be realistic. Like, the game itself is supposed to be much more realistic than Valorant is. But yeah. um, a shotgun will kill somebody because, you know, bullets are hitting them. Yep. Um. Well, to be clear, uh, (laughs) shot is hitting them. (laughs) Buckshot. Yeah, Yeah. buckshot or, you know, slug. Yeah. Um, But yes, they they kill at much, like, further ranges than they do in Valorant. And I just don't see the point of having a shotgun when you have something like a Stinger, which maybe can excel and take that place of a Judge or of a Bucky in the meta. Um, It excels in those very close range gunfights. I agree. I don't think, I don't think shotguns are, are, you know, very quote unquote fair in, in this game. Um, now, as, as I did briefly say earlier, I do kind of like the shorty specifically when I'm offing, but I, I would agree that, yeah, I don't really think that the sh- like shotguns in this game offer, fun and engaging gameplay which at the end of the day is what valorant is for right valorant isn't for becoming a professional or being the best in the world it's a game that a lot of people are meant to sit down and genuinely have fun and if you want to get a bit competitive with it and go into ranked you can do that and see whether you're improving or how you stack up against other people but i i don't find either the gameplay or being on the other end of the shotgun. Very fun. Hmm. Now, once again, this appears to be a 2v1. <laughs> but uh, before I go into my counterpoints, I'm just curious, uh, Chase, because I have a question for you. That I do seem to recall that when you started playing the game, you would almost exclusively buy the judge. So were you just, like, yeah. not having fun while you were using the judge? No, no, or, I, like, I buy them, and I, I yeah. have fun because I get kills with them. Mm-hmm. So it's not really the fun of playing the game. It's the fun of doing well at the game. Um, 
which obviously this was before Judge like Nerf. Oh yes, and yes. Where the judge was very good. I would always buy a judge. And I still like often buy a judge if I'm doing a half buy and playing certain places. Um because it's good in those situations. I just only buy it because it's good there. I don't buy it because I think it should be in the game. Got it, got it. Yeah, I I have been trying to make work for a while for for the, those podcast listeners out there who haven't played with me, which is most of you. I've been trying to make work for a while what I call the gentleman's buy, which is judge plus uh, sheriff. So you got the sheriff for long range, and you got the judge to go in and do some serious up close damage. Uh, I do it a lot more in unrated because I've tended to not do so well that I try to cop, but I'm trying to make it work because it's so much fun. Uh, anyway, when it comes to first the realism point. I don't necessarily feel that that's a particularly strong point because Valorant is okay. Let's see. Or uh... ah, fuck. Okay, my my webcam isn't going to focus in on that. Hunter, that cost. This is a video two... called podcast now. <laughs> no, that cost two thousand six hundred and fifty credits. What does your gentleman's buy? What was the number again? I was so distracted by two thousand six hundred and fifty. Yeah, exactly. For an extra three hundred dollars, you could buy a fucking Vandor Phantom. Well, yes, but for but in a scenario where the gentleman's buy is really good, is in a scenario where you can't quite afford Phantom plus full shields, and if you can get that plus full shields instead on defense, you can actually do some damage with that if you're you know good with it, which is my problem. <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's my that's my thought process there. I mean, I agree. Okay, no, can... no, okay. Uh, yeah okay yeah, keep going <laughs> yeah and it, it's it's in the same basically when you'd realistically buy the gentleman's buy if you're not having fun and unrated is in the same scenario where you'd buy bulldog full shields or guardian full shields where you don't quite have enough to get a phantom or a vandal plus full shields and you really want to win the round for whatever reason uh you know whether you are on a winning streak but you are short on creds because you've died several rounds in a row or if you're on a losing streak and you want to turn things around that's that's when you'd bring it out um but to go to the point of realism like to once again reference escape from tarkov tarkov is its own thing and it's very nice in that game that if you hit someone in the face with a projectile of any kind coming out of a weapon, they will die. And that's one of the cool things about the game. Like, that's very realistic. So, you know, if you hit, if you headshot someone, they die. That's not the thing in Valorant. Valorant threw, you know, realism out the door the minute you can shoot someone with a handgun in the face and they just shrug it off and it takes two more shots to the face to kill them. So I don't know that the... character who can fly and just throw <laughs> knives around... Or that okay. someone who that pulls too. out enters a literal different dimension. In defense well, so of the, my hot take, I understand that <laughs> realism is not of utmost importance in Valorant, and it shouldn't yeah. be. It shouldn't be. Like, yeah. having Tarkov as a realistic game is its own thing, and Valorant, right. obviously, different guns do different damage to different parts of your body. Uh, I still think that it's not in a tactical shooter's best interest to have a gun that does not require very much aim to shoot. Well, thanks for bringing that up again, Chase, because I did have a point in response to that as well. My, my only swing wasn't just about the realism that, uh, the, the reason why I feel that the shotguns have a place in the current, uh, game in terms of making it more fun and interesting is 
that each of them have a play style that is distinct from the <clears throat> excuse me distinct from the other weapons. So basically, I think I'm going to look at each shotgun separately uh, to start. So first is Cass's beloved shorty. So with the shorty, it is the single best weapon in the game at extremely close, like three meters or less combat. Uh, if you're in a 1v1, then, you know, you can afford to even miss the first shot and pop off the next one real quick. If you're super precise with it, maybe you get a 2K if two people push you really close in, like, Garage on Haven, for example. It's the single best weapon in the game for that. Uh, but the the downside of that is that it is, of course, terrible at anything besides that extremely close range. So there's no other gun that, that has that trade-off in the game of super good at Operator. basically zero range. But what? Well, you're talking about the operators being sort of like the inverse of that. I'm just talking oh, about... Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. sorry you know, about that. I meant, I'm not, I'm not saying there gonna, aren't any... Okay, yeah, okay, sorry. Ahead. I thought you were going to say super good at like one range and then super bad at the polar opposite. Not yeah, specifically no. you talking about short versus long. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm spe- right, right. Yeah, that's. I see where you thought I was going. Yeah. That makes sense. But I was specifically talking about at short range. Okay. So a strong strength, but then a huge weakness. And then when you come to the Bucky, the Bucky gives you a significantly great, in, the, in its current implementation at least, will remove my hot take of, of buffing it to where it was before. In its current state right now, uh, it has a much, it broadens out the range at which you can one-shot someone with the, the weapon versus the shorty. So it, it has a bigger scenario in which it's the best gun in the game for the situation, but it has a very relative to the game, it has a very slow fire rate. So it punishes you hugely if you don't land your shots. And even and this is where I am going to really push back on what you were saying earlier, Chase. You are saying it doesn't take skill to use a shotgun. I think that's most uh, applicable to the judge of the three, because the shorty, the scenario you have to get yourself into is so limiting off the get-go. The bucky, you have to be extremely precise about aiming for the chest uh, and you know, making sure that for one that you have making sure that the person has actually gotten into your crosshair into that little circle before you pull the trigger. Cause once you pull the trigger, if you didn't have it lined up, you're probably going to die before you can get your next shot off. If someone is pushing you with most other weapons, given how long it takes to get that next shot off. So I feel like your points are really the strongest about the judge. And even then I feel like with the judge, it is the most versatile of the shotguns easily. It has the biggest potential to mow down multiple people quickly uh, at a at a, a variety of ranges. But even then, it it costs, I believe, eighteen fifty now. Am I wrong on that? No, that's right. right. It's yeah. So so you're spending eighteen fifty on a weapon that, especially given its current state, uh, you are still limiting yourself hugely in because. You know, you you need to engage a target that's greater than like 15 meters away, and that judge is a liability when a sheriff that costs half the price would give you a fighting chance in that scenario, uh, which is why you buy both. <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's not what we're discussing right now. So I guess I guess my point is that I feel like the shotguns feel, fill a really unique role in the game that would be sorely missed if the shotguns were removed. What do you have to say about that, Chase? I think that in comparison with the stinger which i think is the biggest thing like the the biggest opponent to a judge um in the same as short range combat really good long range co- combat terrible 
um, is that with a stinger, you are going to win a close range gunfight because you have a. Let's say they they buff the stinger. Okay, then oh, you are go, you're going to win. Like it, put it in the place in the meta where we believe that it should be. Then you should win a close range gunfight. Um, but you still have to aim and hit them. You have a crosshair that you have to put on their head slash upper chest slash body. While with the judge, you have a large circle on your screen that you put in their vicinity and maybe get the kill. Well, I don't know if you've seen me use a stinger, but uh, I very yeah, much definitely. put the crosshair in the general vicinity of the person and <laughs> hope the bullet The thing is with the stinger is if you are if you're doing that and you are off of them, then your first 10 bullets, because they fire so quickly, are not hitting the person. And then maybe a couple bullets after that will. But with the judge, the spread of a shotgun could be like it's so large that you're going to be hitting them with something. You yeah. are going to be hitting them with something, but the 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 question of how much that something does largely depends on the range, right? Like a stinger okay, at also, medium to short range will overpower a judge, but if I, you know, uh, aggressively jump peek a corner that someone's holding with the gr- uh, judge, then they're gonna then they're gonna one tap me for a gun uh, that's more expensive. Okay, here, here's, but the same here's is the true thing. with a Bucky or a uh, Shorty. Yeah, but the, but the judge, you're paying for a bit more versatility with the additional money you're spending. Well, where's that versatility when they still lose to the Stinger at uh, close to to medium range? Is what you're well, saying. what I was saying is that at, at clo- the closer the range you get, the and we can throw the Spectre in here as well, since we you know we're talking about the current Stinger versus Buff Stinger. Let's just say Spectre for now, because no one's really suggesting much of a change to the Spectre. So like Spectre versus Judge, the closer you get, the more decisively the Judge has an advantage. And the reason that the Judge is unique versus the Bucky or the Shorty is that with a Bucky or the sh- or a Shorty, if multiple people are pushing you, you're almost definitely going to get traded after the first kill, unless the other team is truly uh, has zero IQ. No, no team comms. Whereas with the judge, you can, as Chase has so uh, uh, eagerly mentioned, you can hold down the trigger, keep firing, and if and if people keep pushing you over that short angle, you can stack up some kills. Yeah, just having a fully automatic shotgun in the game is insane. Yeah. It, okay. Is it? Cool? I, is it I, okay. So I I've got a couple points here. Number one, the times that I find the Bucky the most frustrating in regardless of what state you want to go pre-nerf post-nerf whatever is jump peaks you jumping over something and just firing i have no idea how many pellets it is i'm gonna guess 12 okay cool eight you jumping and just firing eight pellets generally over there right even if you don't get the kill you're doing some damage, and because you're jump-peaking something, they're probably not going to be able to fire back at you. Like, a classic one, pre-nerf, for the, uh, for the Bucky, was uh, Sage, Sage plus Bucky. You drop your wall, you jump-peak over the wall, fire a shot, do some damage, jump-peak again, fire another shot, do some more damage. And, like, people rack up a ton of kills that way, because it's, like, it's so, like, there's not a lot you can do about that. How dumb do you have to be, though, to see a sage put down her wall, jump peeky once with the Bucky, 
get some shots on you and think, let me stand in this exact location at short range and wait for her to jump peek me again. Like, no, but I'm just saying, it's still extremely situational is my point. Right, but like, like there's yeah, not much nice. you can do. A, like, I, you can just because, back up. No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> sure. Sure, sure, but I'm Maybe saying not always. You can't always yeah. back up. What if bomb's taking away? Well, then you break the wall. Well, this like, is, it's the same argument of, like, why they nerfed the classic jumping right-click. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, we, we I agree that the, the – okay, so I agree that the Bucky uh, and should not be so strong that you can – and I, I think it's debatable whether it ever was this strong. But I think it's good that the Bucky can't just, like, reliably one-tap in, in midair as you're jumping. I think the idea of jumping accuracy being reduced for all guns is good versus where the game launched, like I said back to my hot take but uh the, the fact that the fact that the bucky is so such even that example that you use cast of something that's oppressively strong with the bucky that is so situational that i don't think it's broken like yeah could you wall someone in and then okay. jump peek over the wall and shoot okay. them as they're trapped oh, sure also, when does that happen say say you're playing on haven a site behind yeah behind this is default, exactly the example right? i was going to bring up yeah, yeah you're, you're playing okay. behind haven default someone's coming up long or yeah. whether they're coming up short doesn't really matter you can jump over that box peek them fire a shot and then the only way that they can realistically engage you is by swinging around the side of the box in which case you're in perfect shotgun range or they just break the wall. Oh, oh no, no, no. Oh, this is no wall. No, there's no, there's no, yeah, there's, it's, it's a box. Or take, um, take mid on split, that unwall bangable box that you can get to, uh, literally for free on defense, uh, because the other team can't peak Robin before you can get there if you're playing from, uh, from vents on mid. And then you can jump peak that box, fire, fire a couple shots off, and then if they want to get, swing that corner to shoot you you're in perfect shotgun range well that's assuming the other team isn't using utility whether you talk about breach aftershocks actually do some damage or the most one of the most common pieces of utility in the game which is a flash and with the bucky because you have to be very precise with your shots you know if someone's full flash with the bucky and then you push them like they would have to have incredible timing to get one kill out of that and even if they get the one kill they're not going to get two okay sure but like Put a judge in that scenario. Okay. If then, if you, then you just have to then you just have to respect it a little bit more. Whether you use multiple pieces of utility or whether you you know play around it smartly. I mean, I feel like there are options to deal with that. Okay, there are options, but the reason why I was going to bring up the Haven A site um, yeah. uh, debacle is because that was often seen with the classic right click. And I think that shotguns are in a similar place where you can do a, the same thing where like bomb is ticking away and you have that box to just jump peek over and, and do chip damage. I'm not saying one shot damage at all. I'm just saying that if you're able to jump over that and get a few pellets to hit them in the body, that's good enough for you because they have to respect that back off the bomb or they can push you. You're in range or they can keep diffusing and you can keep jump, jump peeking like, and doing chip damage until you kill them perhaps but like with the bucky the way it is now with uh with how inaccurate it is when you're jumping we'd have to do some tests on this but i believe the number of times you would have to peak a full health person to do the chip damage to or even 100 health even if they you say say their shields were riddled away like the amount of times you would have to do that to actually kill them like reliably because of course it's rng dependent uh 
would be so would be pretty high. I think I would be curious to test this, but I don't know that that's necessarily a meta strategy. Well, there. you just you just only jumpy. have to do it until um, they have enough time or don't have enough time, so that they have to stick the bomb, and then you can swing them. Well, what, well, what if they're smart about it and they just start sticking and just accepting the chip damage and then waiting for you to actually swing them? Then you then you're forced to either hope that your chip damage works or actually then swing. And at that well, point, they've probably gotten to half. You've well, already done chip damage. You can swing, right. and your shot's going to come off out first before they can pull their gun out and shoot you. Yeah, like well, like assuming they're smart about damage. it, they see someone jumping and doing chip damage. They realize I'm not being damaged very much. They get it to half, and then they pull their gun out to engage you. Like obviously, okay, they're here, just sitting on the, the bomb. They're not doing stuff. a lot of damage. Is something I would disagree with. They're doing a considerable amount of damage with that. I guess that I is really something know. we would have to test we, out. We I, I don't. I don't think it's an inconsequential amount of damage that they'd be putting onto you. And also, nonetheless. That that's still regardless of how much damage it is, right? Like, okay, it's one thing if every time you jump over, you're doing like five damage, six damage, but as soon as that number gets into like twenty damage, right? If you're last alive trying to defuse bomb, you probably don't have a ton of health to begin with. Well, that's you probably true. You're yeah. probably you're not probably full take, health. Yeah, you've probably taken earlier gunfights, right? You you probably don't have a hundred fifty HP, and so that number. However much it is, call it 15, call it 20. That that starts to add up real quick. And then to top that off, because it's a because it's a shotgun, as Chase pointed out, when you swing and take that final shot with you being grounded and stationary, um, like that does a considerable amount of damage. You're so in as the long as right you, range. Well, sure. Yeah. As long but, as you do a like a little bit of chip damage. Like, that's just so oppressive, and the, the other person literally can't f even really force you to swing, because if they tap spike, you're just going to jump it. You're just going to jump shot that. But, and like, then I if think there's another fact. Spike, yeah, ahead, then they ahead. swing. Like, I'm saying, if you just tap spike, they're going to jump spot it, fire off that shot, get a bit of chip damage. And then if you hold spike and they see that you're holding spike, then they're just going to swing. Well, that's where you have to play it smartly. Like, if you don't see them jump back up for another shot and you're defusing, you should expect they're probably going to swing you, and then you pull your gun out. But there's another factor here as well, which is that in this scenario on Haven A, you're preventing the defuse, meaning you are on attack. If you have a Bucky, and you bought a Bucky for attack, then you're not of that much value for the sight take. So even if we even if we do some testing and if we find out, you know, you average something like 40 damage per jump shot in that scenario, then like, OK, that is strong. Maybe I'm wrong about what I how strong that is. It's, I'm certainly willing to admit that I could be. But by buying a Bucky on attack, may, literally the only thing I could think of yeah. that would be useful is you clearing sewers uh, with the Bucky. And even then, if someone's playing just outside of sewers on site then you're still at a disadvantage. So you're basically limiting your effectiveness until that point in the round to be able to cheese something at the very end of the round. And I don't think sure. that's really something that is broken. Look, I, I was game. just bringing that up as one example. I know that Chase wanted to really focus in on that. But also, let's say you're playing defense in sewers. Well, no, hold up, hold up. You just kind of brush past that. My My whole point about shotguns is not that they're like really weak and so they're not a problem. My whole point is their use is situational. 
And what yeah, we yeah. what we just described is the definition of a situational sure. thing where oh, you put oh, yourself I'm, at a disadvantage over a similarly priced I'm, I'm gun not, until your situation comes in. I'm not, See, I'm, I'm not trying to argue that point. I'm not arguing that either. I think that their use is very situational. I just don't think that it's a good mechanic to have an attack. Oh, yes. Okay, so you're so you're I, arguing that the there shouldn't be guns that are that situational. Essentially, I'm, I'm arguing. No. yes. I'm, I'm arguing that they shouldn't be that situational in a point where you can't where you have to use no aim. Also, real quick, Hunter, is that some Johnny? Is that what I'm seeing? No, no, no. This is, this is oh, Uncle okay. Val's gin. That's this the end of the Val's gin. Yeah, this this okay, is the very end that. of it, yeah. Okay, sorry. I saw that sideways strip. No, I, I see why there. you thought that. Yeah, I, okay. I understand. Okay, I, I saw that What's sideways strip going across. The audio um, listeners are just thinking they're missing out on a video podcast <laughs> they could download somewhere with how many references to... Uh, video things we have but no there's only an audio podcast just there's so no video know. yeah yeah there's and no video being recorded <laughs> we discussed it but i specifically said i hate video podcasts for this yeah. reason so <laughs> okay um yeah i i'm not arguing with that point of whether guns are or shotguns are very situational or non-situational the one argument that i have for it is like if i did decide to buy a judge or a bucky or a shorty and they don't push where i'm holding yeah, and I have to retake. I could typically somebody's probably died somewhere. Sure, I could probably go and swap that gun out. Yep. Now, occasionally people die in places where it's hard for me to swap that gun out, and then you know what? Yeah, sometimes you are fucked, right? But I, I find that typically, if I decide to buy a shotgun because I'm going to lock down a one certain area of the map, and the other team doesn't push that site, and I'm forced to retake. I can typically get a gun somewhere that mm -hmm. that does me a bit better. Well, yeah, but and I think just just to close out this hot take that mm -hmm. I I'm still not arguing that the judge and the Bucky and the Shorty are situational. I I agree with that. I, I think they are very situational and they are very good in those situations. Uh, I just don't think that in a game like Valorant, which claims to value aim and tactics that a gun like that holds a place in the game. I see. I, I would agree with that point, but yeah, that's also just because I don't like shotguns and first person shooters. Yeah. And, and where I disagree is that I think that the skill required to use a shotgun effectively and to get into situations where it is useful is enough of a challenge to where the fact that you have an easier time aiming isn't an issue, but I can see where we're just agreeing to disagree on this issue. Okay, so my last, or I guess my hot take here is, um, I don't think there are any characters in the game that are currently broke. And I know that there are certain characters that people like to complain about, namely characters I play, which is why I'm going to say everybody take this <laughs> with a grain of salt. But I don't think that there is any one given character or any given character in the game that does not allow for, number one, um, well, okay, I guess here's the biggest thing, right? There's no one in the game on any map that if you don't pick, you're actively throwing, right? Like, there, there's nothing, there's no one character that, like, if I go into ranked and we don't have this one character, that I'm like, oh, this game's, this game's a loss. Like, we, we're, we're fucked. Now, there are certain characters who are stronger than other characters, and there are certain characters who are absolutely characters I think we should have on certain maps. Take Viper on Breeze. 
Yeah, I was about I to say we, Viper on Breeze. I was going to say I yep. think we should have Viper on Breeze, but thankfully I play Viper, so you guys have you guys are hooked up. I don't think that it is an auto loss if we go into a Breeze game and don't have a Viper. Yeah, I mean, it it is a lot of the time. <laughs> and also at at our level, like maybe if we do have a Viper, they're shit in rank mm-hmm. you know like, like maybe they're gonna be your bottom frag <laughs> maybe that maybe that viper is going to be a bronze one in your silver lobby yeah um, and they're gonna it's basically like you don't have a viper on your team mm-hmm. right and maybe the other team doesn't have a viper but everyone actually plays like their silver two right, and so right. in that skill disparity i think that it it maybe doesn't matter as much but when you come to a situation where everybody is similar skill such as pro play or the rare game where everybody is around the same skill level mm-hmm. then it really does matter what characters you're playing and what utility you have available oh i'm not trying to say that viper isn't strong on like especially in that map in particular like my my whole argument is it's not a throw by not picking her you can still win. If you have a good Astra on your team, you've got a good Brim or a good Omen, you can you can make that work. I'm not saying it's ideal, but it's not a guaranteed loss. I mean, if you have a good Astra and the other team has a good Brim, I'm saying it was you've a got a throw good for that Brim not to choose Astra. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, Cass, I feel like your your first point was stronger than your modified point. Okay. Where you said there are no broken characters in the game. I think that's much more of a that's less hot of a take than saying uh there are no characters where when you pick them it is a throw. Uh because I think on especially okay, well, if you look situationally, I think there are some maps where if you do pick a certain character, it is kind of a throw. Like I think Br- Brim is terrible on Breeze. And if you pick oh, whoa, him whoa, whoa, No no, don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say not picking a character isn't a throw. Because picking Yoru on any oh, map is a throw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the pro level, it seems like that's probably true. Tens has had some success at the competitive level, but typically no, in games no, he hasn't. Matter. He did dog shit to the point where uh, Shazam banned him from playing Yoru. Well, he he, I don't know about the Shazam banning him, but he he did pretty solid. They did lose the map, but it wasn't because of him playing Yoru. It was because the whole team was just kind of goofing around. Yeah, sure, but like there is literally an audio clip of Shazam explaining that he is disallowed Tens from playing Yoru. Yeah, well, Tens is kind of a troll. I wouldn't be surprised okay. if he was joking. <laughs> Whatever, but again, that's neither here nor there. I'm not trying to say that picking a certain character is a throw or not. I'm trying to say not yeah. picking a character is I see, a Okay, threat. I see what you're saying. Okay. Like the characters that are specifically good on that map, it's yeah. not a throw right. to not pick like, them. There's, but there's... I believe that given equal other factors, there are cases where, you know, Viper on Breeze... If you don't have a Viper on Breeze, it's a throw, given everything else being equal, which is never the case in our games. Like, that well, is not an actual valid circumstance. But I don't know. Is that something we should be taking into account with this? Or is the like is the fact that ranked is a uh, mashup of abilities part of this calculation? Well, I feel um, like before Cass answers that, I feel like we need to get one thing straight. And that's what our definition of throw is, because... If you define throw as, you know, it makes it harder for your team to win, then I would fully agree with Chase that, like, 
you know, if you don't have a Viper on your team, all of their factors equal, that's going to make it more difficult to win on Breeze versus you having a, 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 Vi- a good Viper on your team. Okay. But but I... then there's the kind of the other counterpoint of the more strict definition of throw where like throwing puts you in a throwing is when you, you know, do something including picking an agent that makes it almost impossible for your team to win. Where your team has to perform herculean efforts in order to overcome the fact that you've done whatever you've done. Yeah, basically I'm I'm going with Hunter's definition on that here because I'm you're, saying you're, you're going with definition number 2, which yeah, I would yeah. agree with. I I would agree right. with that more. Uh because I am not dodging like, uh, let's assume I'm going into a comp game, right? And, like, yeah. I, I really want to win this game. It's my rank-up game, mm-hmm. right? Um, I am not going to dodge because our team doesn't pick a Viper. Or on a different map. Like, um, God, I don't know any characters that are so often... I mean, Stova on just about any map besides Split and maybe Fracture, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not dodging that game because nobody picked a Sofa. Well, like, you never I'm not have sure. to. You don't solo queue and you play with me. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You don't. You <laughs> often. You often fill smokes though. I do often fill smokes. Yeah. Because I don't like playing smokes anymore, and Hunter doesn't typically play smokes anymore either. Yeah. Um. So you often fill on smokes, meaning a lot of the times we don't have a Sova. Yeah, I really or, I play Sova when we have someone who plays play smokes or yeah. Astra. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, like, okay, I actually thought the biggest crux of this whole thing was actually going to be Chet. Um, oh, no, which, it, it is. We just haven't gone. Yeah, yeah okay, we just sure. kind of circled yeah, around the question sure. so Okay, far. so now we can get to that, being one of the two agents that I actively play. And even then, I haven't played a lot of Chet recently, because I'm really liking Chamber. Um, but... Okay, I, I think a lot of this is what it comes down to, is Jet Stash is either a get-out-of-jail-free card... Or it's worthless. So Jet Stash needs to be a get out of jail free card, which is no. consistently what people complain about. They said no. Interesting. I said no. It's not only useful as a get out of jail free card. It is very useful for quickly taking space. Oh, like, I'm not the, saying the it's smoke only... and dash. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. A huge strategy. Sure, but I'm saying if you take away its ability to be used out of like, I'm not saying that's its only value. I'm saying if you take away the specific value of it being a get-out-of-jail-free card, I don't think Jet is a good agent anymore. Because that's Jet's biggest strength. So that is Jet's biggest strength. That strength then right. Um, but I, don't, I also don't think that is crazy broken. And everybody talks about, oh, like, but Jet op plus dash is crazy OP. But you need two more kills after that to refresh your dash. Um, and like, if you've got the op, right? Nobody's just gifting me two free kills so I can get my dash back. It's like, I'm going to get that one kill, maybe, most likely. Let's assume I hit my shot, and then I dash out, right? Now, did Quite I do an a great... You're making there. Yes. Did I do a great service to my team? Absolutely. We're now <laughs> 5v4, and I offered no trade potential. Cass is, is, is that, that meme right now where Obama <laughs> is putting the medal on Obama's neck. That's Cass right now to himself. Okay. I did a great service but, for my team. Uh, Jet's still, like, like you can still use the AWP without the dash. Or if I miss my shot and I burn my dash uh, because I wanted to get out of there. Like, I can still put in work. It's not, it's not like Jet becomes invalid just because she doesn't have her dash. It's just, it's a really strong tool. And it's something that 
if you took out of the equation, would make Jet very unviable, in my opinion. I agree. I, this is why I liked the bug slash nerf where Jet couldn't pull out her weapon as fast. Where instead of like just pulling it out, you had to re-equip your weapon. Um, which am I, I'm right in saying that they've patched out now. Uh, yes. It is yes. currently not in the game. Yes. Yes, but it That's was the definition it of patched out gas. Yeah, yeah it was well, most. I'm saying it was <laughs> most likely put in the game purposefully. If not, yeah. it was in the game, and then it accidentally got released at the time that it did. Yeah, but, right. It was clearly not just an error. No, yeah, it was no, no. Clearly not an error of like, oh, somehow it's making Jet like not be able to Ray act as fast. Her gun. <laughs> yeah, like, but I think that it, in that circumstance, it still acts as a get out get out of jail free card. But, oh, no, no, I agree. I think that's a great change to Jet. Yeah, yeah. Because it nerfs her ability on offense in terms of smoke and dash into sight. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make it 100% unviable. I agree. It it a bit I think that, that maybe is not enough to be nerfed to Jet. Maybe right. there is something else that needs to be done in tandem. But that is a good step. Like, it's a step in the right direction, really. Yeah, I, I, I think that was a good change. Um... Now, I just think that I like I don't think in her current state she's a broken character. Well, I guess this all comes down to what you define as broken because as you were saying, I think that if not picking someone for a team is a throw, like that's one definition, and I don't think that there's any character in the game where if you don't pick them it's an active throw where you're guaranteed to lose the game. Um, we're almost guaranteed. Yeah, we're like almost guaranteed, really despite yeah. like you know someone dropping forty on someone else. Yeah, you know, um, or whatever other shenanigans. But I still think that a character can be broken without quite reaching that extreme level of, um, mm. of like overpowered. Okay, so, so I think I- that a character can be or can have the need to be nerfed. So what are you defining broken as? What's your hot take? Because if like, you're defining it as, I don't think there's any character that uh, is so broken that you have to pick them in every team comp. Well, I don't think that's a very hot take. I think that everybody probably agrees with that. But yeah. if your hot take is that no no character should currently be nerfed, that is a hot take. Mm. I like the way you put that, okay. Chase. I'm that, curious that, is, that is a better way to put it. Um, I think that currently no character needs a significant enough nerf to really change where they sit in the meta, right? And as you were saying, you you don't think that that nerf to Jet on her dash, the bug that was in the game, um, would be enough? I think that would be enough, right? I don't think any character needs to be changed to the point where they are no longer as good as they are at what they do. I think that other characters who are not quite as strong need to be moved up a bit so that maybe there's some some reason to choose them over the current characters. But I don't think any character needs like a big significant nerf that's going to come and knock them down a peg. Well, this is where I'm curious to get Chase's opinion because Cash has made a claim about your opinion where you said where he said that in he thinks that you think the jet dash change wouldn't be enough. So what else do you think needs to happen to jet 
uh, chase to make Jet balanced. I mean, that that is something that I said about five minutes ago. So he's not pulling that out of thin air. Um, I'm not sure what else. I think that having Jet be able to get out of jail free in it, in a lot of situations is an issue. Now having Chamber in the game who can basically do the same thing, but it requires more setup. Um, I, don't, I feel like that slightly lessens. Um, may, I, I don't know. Maybe it's it's either an argument that Jet is not overpowered or um, that Chamber is also overpowered in the same right. Which uh, I, I'm going to get to in a minute here. But I, I think that there is something that also needs to be done about the fact that no matter what the situation is, if Jet has her dash, they can get out of jail for free, where not a lot of other characters can do that. And in, that includes Chamber, where if you have not pre-thought of this situation, like you have to have had the foresight to set up both of your teleports in the correct locations in order to get out of jail free. What if you're with Jet, you just get out of jail free no matter what the situation is. That is that is the strength of Jet for sure. Yeah. And I think that I think a key difference here, uh a key thing to highlight here is how um Riot has addressed in the past like this issue of of characters being broken. Um and I think that there is sort of these two separate prongs that both come into play. One is the nerf to the character themselves, and the other one is introducing other agents who who cut into their strengths so that it all of a sudden ends up nerfing that agent by comparison, by the fact that they no longer fulfill a unique role. And I think the best example of that is with Sage, because neither of you youngins were playing Valorant to witness it, but when Valorant launched, Sage was by far the most broken character in the game. The range at which she could place her wall was double that uh, of what it was now. So she could stand in the middle of most sites and then wall off any entrance to the site while being comfortably far from her wall to the point where she couldn't be uh, pushed very hard once that wall came down. Uh, and her wall also got full health right away. So you had to break the an entire segment of the wall, whereas now, of course, the wall has like a setup period where you can break it quickly. She healed for 100 health to both herself and other people at the same rate at which she heals to other people now. Uh, and her resurrection was one or two, I forget which, less ultimate points. One. So one, okay, one less ultimate point than it is now. So essentially it would happen that you were, you were throwing uh, in the definition that we suggested if you didn't have a Sage on your team when uh, competitive, the competitive queue first came out in like July of 2020. And Riot really, I think, addressed this well, where first of all, they said some of Sage's, Sage's utility needs to be re reworked. So her wall is much more, it's much more difficult to place a wall safely where you can't be pushed immediately after pushing it by reducing that length of where you can cast it from and making it easy to break right away. They made it so that she can't heal herself so well, so she doesn't have that duelist ability to peak, take damage, and then heal herself right back up. And then they also added Sky to the game, where Sky cuts into the healing ability. So now if you if you want heals, the choice isn't Sage or nothing. The choice is Sage or Sky, if heals is a role that you're trying to fill on your team. 
So I feel like Riot should be commended for that, for really working on that. And I think that's something that they've continued to do with the map design as well. Because one thing that was really interesting and that I love to see about the Fnatic versus Cloud9 Blue game, which was incredibly uh, competitive, the series was incredibly competitive, but particularly the Fracture was the map that went to overtime. Neither team had a jet because Riot has done a great job of continuing to add new features to their maps such that they're played very differently. And part of the thing about Fracture is that uh, map control is so chaotic and so important that agents that deal with, uh, you know, taking or retaking sections of the map uh, are very important. So you saw a Cypher and a Viper on the side of Fnatic who don't necessarily have super high pick rates overall. You had a uh, Killjoy and a Breach on the side of Cloud9 Blue, and actually a Breach on Fnatic as well. So I think that's, I think there's sort of three things to consider when it comes to an agent being strong. If they should be nerfed, uh, if a map can highlight things better to make them stronger or weaker, and also uh, what other agents can dip into their roles so that they're less of a strong pick. And I think what's going to be really interesting along the lines of what you guys have been saying is when it comes to Chamber, will Chamber at the pro level cut into Jet's pick rate, which we won't know until after Champions since Chamber isn't in Champions. Okay, I definitely agree. Uh, I thought it was very interesting just as a sort of aside. Um, I didn't watch Icebox. I'm assuming that Icebox, which is the first map, right, between um, Fnatic and Cloud9. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming there were Jets on that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yes. One on either side. Okay. Uh, I'm actually but, noticing that Split didn't have any jets either, but back exactly, to you. That, uh, that was exactly yeah, what I was going yeah. to say. It was, it was wild because I came in and I started watching at game two, and I didn't see a jet that entire set, yeah. which was just insane. Um, so I guess it is possible that, depending on the maps, like obviously jet is not um, as useful as another character whose utility is better suited for it, such as on Fracture and Split. Um but I'd say, I guess, on basically every other map, you probably want a jet. Um, which, thinking about it now, is kind of exactly where Sova is, which is on yeah. every other map except for Fracture and Split, you want a Sova. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hunter, I think you raised a really good point, but um, I really got to piss, and then I'm going to fill up my drink. So I'm gonna you know, I was actually feeling the same thing, so this, <laughs> okay. is, this is perfect. Intermission time. Okay, so Hunter, as you brought up, uh, I think the addition to Chamber into the game is, yes, partially going to take away uh, from some jet picks because Chamber is also a very viable opper on defense. Uh, the only thing is he doesn't quite have the same entry potential as jet. For sure. So I think you're still going to see a lot of jet. And then I think you might also see Chamber plus jet, um, namely for the economy gains it gives your team yep um so is this topic number two now are we we're transitioning topics now no we are not transit we have not transitioned topics oh we're not transitioning okay no i'm talking about hunters hunters thing on um you're just still going yeah they've added they they've added um you know like one of the because one of the things hunter was talking about is how they added certain characters to kind of take away a portion of the amount that a given character was getting played yeah, as yeah. we brought up, Sky being able to heal Samus Sage, um, and I think it's I think it's interesting because I think Chamber is another character that I was going to say I don't think is broken. Um, I do think potentially if you're going to do anything about it, 
maybe his ult shouldn't fire quite as fast. Like, not gonna wow. lie, I can't. I can't think of like. Don't get me wrong. I fucking love that thing, but I also can't think of any other alt in the game that as reliably nets multi kills. Um. Yeah, maybe make it not slow. Yeah, but that's kind of the point. Now, the slow has fucked me over before. Like, yeah. I have literally been fucked over by my own slow when I shoot. Yeah, someone. because you shoot someone and then you try to run through the area where you just shot them. But, like, usually in an op fight, like, typically it's longer range. You're not going to be going through there. Yeah. No, I know. There's, like, one specific clip in general that, like, I clipped, um, and I was, like, I think I was 1v5 on a retake with Chamber's ult, but I didn't have another gun, so, like, what am I saving? So I went in anyway. Um, ended up getting four kills, but not the not the round. And the very first kill I got was pushing into heaven, um, and I got a kill. And then I was stuck there in heaven, burning out, God, I don't know, what is it, eight seconds on the amount of time I had to retake? Because I couldn't push through heaven. Because my slow field was there. Like, to an extent, it is a double-edged sword. More often than not, the edge is facing the right way. But... <laughs> That's a good way to say it. <laughs> and it's very sharp. Yeah. So Yes, yes. Especially if there's multi-pushes, then you get that immediate slow oh, field. People yeah. can't fuck out of there unless they're jet. So Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, maybe this is something I need to get better at, which is shooting the second man in instead of the first man in, so that the first man in is stuck there. But typically, I get that one shot off, and I think it does the job that a sentinel is supposed to do, and says, hey, fuck you, you can't get in. This is my site. I guess, okay, I understand the slow field as being more of the sentinel role. Yeah, I, I just... But then I, making I, the op so good, it's a better op. Oh, it's so That good. also has the slow field? So Maybe make good. it a like, worse op. No, 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 no. No, well, what, what I just, what I think the, I the think most simple the fire to... rate should be brought down a little bit so that it's still better than the op, but it's not almost well, the slow back. field is what's better than the op. Hear me out. I have a different idea for the chamber nerf. If chamber needs a nerf, I think I I want to see a bit more competitive and pro play to determine if it's really needed. I still don't I... think it does. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, th I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying I still want to see more pro, uh, more play to determine if he needs one or not. So I'm just saying I'm not sure yet. So I'm not saying he needs a nerf. But if he does need a nerf, I think one of the biggest things is that he can't pop his ult pre-round, so that so that essentially you can't pop your ult, <laughs> you can't pop your ult, and then immediately be holding an angle because with every other of the powerful damaging ults, whether that's the brim ult, whether that's the raise ult, whether it's the jet knives, you have time to react to it because you hear it popped, and now you know, you know, if you hear the uh, you hear uh, the jet saying "watch this" or you know, I think she says something actually different if you're on the other team. Whatever Jet says, if you're if you're if the Jet's on the other team, if you hear the Jet knives popped and then you hear an updraft, you know, okay, a Jet's coming in hot with the knives, and the knives are strong, but you can react to that. If you hear, here comes the, I'm sorry, fire in the hole, and then you hear some blast packs going off, now you know you have this big weapon that you have to respect that is coming in a certain area. But with the chamber ult, you have the chamber who can be set up with the with the with the uh, the chamber ult, and then you don't necessarily know he's popped his ult until after you're already dead. 
because the spawn barriers drop and then you hear the sound of him, the voice line right as you're getting shot by it. So I think if you just change that, that limits the op, the angles he can hold before the round starts and limits the counterplay to an op, an ult being popped that you see with anyone else. Or, okay. or what Cast and I were saying beforehand was that instead of not being able to pop it immediately, maybe the other team hears it immediately when you pop it. Oh, so like even a Viper wall, where if you put down the Viper wall, like they yeah. see yeah. it even before yeah. the round. Yeah, so okay. you still have the audio cue whenever they pop it. I think that it's dumb that you don't hear it till the barriers drop. Okay, I agree. I think it, okay, but I would say it'd be bullshit if I can't pull it out before the barriers drop. Because there, then there'd be so many common op angles I can't contest. Well, you, well does it take them lo- like longer to get to that angle than it does for you to pull out your ult? Yes. It takes a considerable amount of time. He's got to like tap his wrist and pull the gun out and then grab it. It takes a considerable amount of time. Well, then, okay, so then saying if he needs a nerf, I think that's a decent nerf then. It is uh, a nerf rather yeah, than but, it not being okay. a nerf at all. I, I, okay, but the counter argument to all of this is you can see exactly when Chamber pops his ult if you look at the characters on the top, your top UI banner. You're not paying attention to that bullshit. Typically, no, I don't. <laughs> but I'm saying you can. There well, yeah, is that's, counterplay. That's kind of stupid that you would have to look at that for just one agent. Like, I feel like that is a testament to what Chase was saying, that he should say the voice line when he pops it, even oh, if he it's should. three rounds. I, I yeah, think, if, that, if there's I think already round, information yeah. that tells you, just make that information easier to gather. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I didn't realize that, that what you said, that you could see that pre-round. That is yeah, actually you can a see it. you can see it pre-round. And I do believe that Chase is right. They should give you the audio cue as soon as I pop that. But I, I don't think that's the right direction for, for a nerf. Because if I'm trying to use that gun to get an op out in a round where I otherwise can't, can't afford one, or even if I could afford one and I want to use his alt to save money, like it, it, it's just so limiting not being able to have that at the start of the round, or like well, not being able to have it in my hand at the start of the round. Well, it and is now, limiting, but a lot of are, the other there, dam- damaging are there also circumstances? In some way. Are there circumstances in which I wish I could pop jet knives pre-round? Yes, because almost every single time I'm going to pop them literally as soon as I possibly can. But. I also don't think it'd be broken if I could pop them before the round started and the other team still gets the audio cue. Like, I, there, there are quite a few characters who's like, it makes sense that Brim can't use his alt before the round starts, right? What? Like, I think we can all huh? agree that makes sense. Well, it wouldn't be a benefit well, yeah. to Brim to do that pre-round. Yes, it what would. scenario would it be better for Brim to pop his ult pre-round? Like, I don't he know that could, it makes any could, sense. He could drop that on a spawn barrier before that spawn barrier goes down. Oh, that's but, huge. But, yeah. he'd be guess, but then he'd be guessing that they're going to that spawn barrier and they would or, have full time to pull, move away from Or that. he's just pushing them away from that spawn or barrier. Or you're just right pushing them away and being like, hey, fuck you. You're not allowed to come here this round. Like, I, I, think I don't be feel like that would be very strong. strong at all. I honestly don't think that would be a significant buff to Brim. I don't think it's ridiculously strong because you can easily get out of it with a Brim ult. Yeah. Right? Like, you can. There's a significant amount of time where unless there's map geometry or other utility keeping you from getting out of it, you can get out of it. Right, which there but, normally isn't yeah. that kind of map okay. geometry I'm at the like spawn. If, exactly, if, exactly. If two yeah. seconds, if two seconds before, or how long does Brimsalt last? Two, three seconds? 
Something like Ridic- that. I don't, I don't know the exact okay. number. If, if like three seconds before the round starts, you're sitting in hookah on bind and you alt to the other team's entry point. Or in the counter scenario, you alt hookah. Like that's just keeping the other team from being in there at the very start of the round. Well, but I you think can that's also actually really strong. Pop it, yeah. I guess, yeah, but you all think hookah is huge. You being able to alt hookah before the round starts would be absurd. Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait, sorry. We're talking... Oh, you okay, ulted hookah before the, spawn, before the spawn barriers drop at all. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying that'd be absurd. Oh, I misunderstood. Yeah. Right? Okay. I'm saying I think there, there are definitely alts that you should not be able to pop pre-round. But I think there well, are also alts, I think there are quite a few alts in the game that being able to pop them pre-round would be of no consequence well, but so long doing, as the audio cue goes out. They're doing damage pre-round. That's that's the difference, I think. Yeah, yeah that is the difference. And I, I'm going to retract my previous statement about it not being strong. I, for some reason, was thinking in my head that like you were suggesting that Brim could target his ult before the round and then he drop can. it right as the round he started, can. which he, he can. can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He can. And I kind of forgot about that. So I was being dumb. Yeah. I, yeah, right. It's a very different scenario when you can do damage pre-round because obviously there's no way you could do any form of damage, even temporary damage with Viper's stuff before the round mm-hmm. starts now. And adding that as a mechanic, I think would be incredibly annoying because yeah. normally pre-round is about, you know, setting up with your team and, deci- and talking strategy and stuff. So if right. you have to also have to dodge ultimates, that would just <laughs> suck. It would be dumb, yeah. Right? But, so yeah, I think there are yeah. definitely certain characters who should not, in any circumstance, be able to activate their alt pre-round. Right, but I right, think okay. quite a few characters being able to activate your alt pre-round would not be a big deal, right? Like, and because a lot of the times, why would you want to? Yeah, like, like yours, why your, on earth would you all yeah, why, why would you all pre-round? pre-round? Right? Say like a raise. Yeah. You're on a timer. As soon as you pop your ult, you're on a timer. Why would you want to activate that free round? But I think there are certain characters, say Reyna, uh, Chamber, Jet, Reyna's uh, also Viper. on a timer, though. Yeah, but it's not as restrictive as um, raises is. Like, well, and the thing know, with Reyna you is know you know have you're going to actually... get really aggro, like right off the round drop, like and he wanted to pop it pre-round, I don't think that'd be broken. Yeah, I, I agree with Cass I think on the other this team because Reyna has, uh, has to de-equip her weapon to like cross her arms and pop yeah. her ultimate. So if you if you were going to push first into, for example, Hookah, to use the bind example, being able to not have to be you know safe somewhere where you go, they will cower, and just do that right before the round starts instead of when the round starts, that would be a buff to Reyna. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, definitely. I like. I I think there are definitely certain characters, along with Chamber, who should be able to use their all pre round. Say you're on defense as Viper, and you just want to pre alt a site and be like, "Hey, fuck you, don't come here." Why why not be able to do that pre round? Okay, Chamber is literally the only character, though, right? Yeah, that can pop their ult pre round. To my knowledge, yes. I don't play yeah. a lot of characters, but I believe that is the case. Right. But why? Why give that ability to Chamber over any other character? Especially the ones where you're saying that it's inconsequential. Because he's pulling out an AWP, and if I want to contest certain angles, I need that AWP in my hand to contest them. Well, if you are on a save round and you're pulling out your jet knives, you need those jet knives to contest a certain angle. Yeah, I also think Jet should be able to pull out her knives pre-round. <laughs> but you can't right now, and that's what you we're discussing. You can't right now, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, what Cass wishes the game would be. You know, like I'm saying, I think more more characters should be able to do that. Okay, but we've we've kind of strayed a bit far from my original hot take here. Um, 
What was your original hot take? My, my original hot take is that there's no broken yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right, right. I, I don't think any character needs a significant nerf. I mean, I think like, I think we were just got hung up on definitions. There, yeah, really. okay. It was a lot yeah. of like, what do you mean by nerf? What's right, significant? Right, right, what's right, a, okay, that, that what is, is very fair. Throw, that is very like, fair. <laughs> we did we did yeah. get a bit caught up there. Um, okay, so unless anybody has any any other things to bring up, how do you guys feel about going on to the next topic? I mean, I think we're we're at about what an hour fifteen right now, something like that. Mm-hmm. So give or take. I mean, yeah, what, what's our next topic? Okay, so actually, your guys' hot takes kind of fucked over my next topic uh, because I wasn't thinking straight, and my next topic is you got to change one thing about the game. What is it? Um, yeah, it's kind of so weird, your hot take. Is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's the same as over. your first topic. Uh, well, the <laughs> thing is, my my hot take was that things don't need to be changed, whereas your hot take was things do need to be changed. So, like, they're okay, in my club. I just wasn't thinking about the other half of that equation. So, actually, the second topic of the day is, does the other team start with respect, or do they have to gain it? Oh, yes. Ooh, I like Let's this. Go. I like this, for sure. Because I'm yep. going to go ahead and start this off by saying, I do not respect the other team when we get into game. Unless somebody on the other team happens to have, like, a fucking diamond act rank, then they get respect. But generally speaking, I don't respect the other team. They got to earn it. And I'm wondering what your your guys' takes on that is. See, I'm wondering whether or not this answer depends on the role that you play on the team. Because for me, I am never entering. Right? Any of the characters I play, I am never entering onto site. And so if I'm going to entry, it means that they have lost my respect. (laughs) So I... I will say that, yes, they start with my respect, meaning okay. that I'm not going to be the first one pushing onto site or pushing angles that I shouldn't with my utility because my usually my utility is much more useful for the team if I'm not dead. So I if I, if I can sort of re-agent's ability, but well, okay. okay. But unless you're like a duelist and your job yeah, is yeah, to yeah, get sure, into sure. site, kill a couple people, and then die, then... Yeah then you're even if you're dead your utility was technically still useful for your team because you maybe yeah. you got two kills and they only killed you right right, right. you did Chase your has job. A, Chase has a valid point because if you're reyna and you throw a leer on the site go in and die but your team gets the one for one trade and then gets progress on the site then you only used one piece of your utility and you contributed a lot. Whereas if you're playing Viper and you throw up your Viper wall and then go in and die, even if your team takes sight, now you can't use that Viper wall for the rest of the round. So oh, I, no, I think Chase's I, I, point is very good. I yeah. was being facetious about Chase saying that, like, yeah, like my utility is worthless if I'm dead. Well, and I yeah, was I, I literally that. every agent. But, I was, I was just right. being facetious. I wasn't trying okay, to okay. create a counterpoint there. As, as for the topic, like, I think that, Specifically for me, when I think about it, because I don't know how you guys think about it yet, uh, and both of you guys play duelist characters. Um, Sometimes, yeah. Well, I mean, both of your mains, arguably for cast now, would be duelists. So yeah. I would say that I, I don't play any duelists, and I would say that the other team starts with my respect. Okay. So I'm not going to push an angle that I think is unfair for me to win a gunfight. Um, I am going to know the classic, like if there's say a breach on the other team, I'm going to know where the classic flash is and I'm going to play anti-flash 
for that right off the start of the round. But if they then don't do any of that stuff and I realize I can get away with things, then I will start to abuse that. However, what you're trying to say is that at the start of a round, say you don't know what they're going to play like, you will start trying to abuse that. And then if they show you that they actually know it, then you're going to respect that from now on. Yes. A hunter, your take? Yeah, so Cass has a saying that he said very often to me and Chase, but you guys on the podcast probably have not heard yet. And his saying, this is the words Cass lives by, is this, be the big dick swinging in the locker room. Uh, Cass has said this many times, and first of all, uh, I don't know what kind of locker rooms you all grew up in, but uh, Cass has apparently been in some wild locker rooms. That's the <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's my first comment on that. Hunter's like, take me to those locker rooms. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, ideally with Cass. Uh, anyway, um, what 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 I was going to say about the uh, the idea is that I think that. The way Cass views things is one that I fundamentally disagree with because I think Cass thinks that you should be, if you're not following that big dick in the locker room mentality, if you're not trying to uh, do things that shouldn't work, if they're the same skill as you, then you're playing scared. I think that's kind of Cass's mentality and that's why he doesn't want to do that. He wants to play fearlessly uh, and then see if maybe he can't play as fearlessly as he wants to. Okay, can, and... I, can I quickly contest that? Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, I'm saying, like, in my context, saying that the other team doesn't start with respect is, like, let's say we're playing Ascent, right? I love peeking either Top Cat to Arches or B-Links to Tree or vice versa, right? right, right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to ask someone to smoke that angle off for me, like, especially Pistol Round, right? I'm just going to peak that angle. And quite often, I will continue to just peak that angle. And I will take that gunfight every fucking round. And if I start to lose it consistently, then the other team has gained my respect, and maybe I should ask someone to smoke that off if I want to push into mid. But typically, I'm just going to take that even aim duel, right? That's a fair aim duel. They don't necessarily have an advantage. I don't necessarily have an advantage. And until that team gains my respect, I will take those even aim duels. See, this, this, I I completely disagree with you. And here's why. Uh, I think that at the start of a game, what you're saying is that I am going to take a chance that we're going to win this round. No, I'm saying I'm better than the other team. Okay, so maybe your confidence (laughs) has something to do with it, and confidence is obviously key in a game like Valorant. However... If you are just going to push something and take a a duel that you should not win if they were equal skill level, that is where where we're going with this. Because if they have your if they have your respect, then if you're equal skill level, there are certain situations you don't win. Yes, and so you're not going to take those. If they don't have your respect, you're still going to take them, and you're going to win because they don't have your respect; they're worse than you. Yes. So you you push into that. You die. Yep. Now they have your respect, but now you're dead. And you know what's okay. more useful? Understanding, oh, hey, they push that angle. I'm not dead, but now I know that, and now I'm never going to push that angle. Or saying, hey, 
I'm still alive. They didn't push that angle. Now I have the information that I can do that on the next rounds and maybe get a pick out of it. Or I can continue on this round where I am still alive and still have a good chance of winning this round with five of my teammates left. What you're saying is that you would rather put yourself in a disadvantage, like disadvantageous situation a number of times before. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's disadvantageous. No, you, you literally just said this. You said no, that until they the start killing you, and still they tar- start killing you multiple yeah. times or consistently, then you will fall off that angle. Yeah, I'm saying you don't push that angle because you would rather stay alive and play a safer position until you realize they don't do that. And w- when you realize you can get away with it, then it's okay to take that. Okay, here, here's the issue. Here's the issue, right? So Cass is being a little sneaky right now. Uh, essentially, he tried to define his philosophy of uh, of waiting till the respect is earned by mentioning taking even gunfights until he starts yeah. losing. But the fact of the matter is, I've actually played with Cass before, <laughs> and he uses his philosophy to take uneven gunfights until he starts losing. There's a particular scenario that I have in mind where we were on Haven, and we decided to push uh c uh long and cast oh, decided the prop what'd you say i love pushing c long he, he does love pushing c long and so on cass's uh suggestion we decided to uh push c long and cass's mentality of how we should have accomplished this is to all run down c long at full speed until we needed to stop for a gunfight assuming that you know someone was exposed and available for the gunfight and that's the kind of thing that, that this Cass's philosophy translates to in-game, regardless of what he pretends it is on this podcast. And in a scenario like that, that's where I disagree with Cass. Okay, because well, hold on. In, in we that scenario playing... is Cass died to an op, and I backed out of there when Cass was frustrated that I didn't continue to push into the op, along, and the rest of the team doing the same thing, giving up easily two people to get into the site and maybe kill the opper. The idea of, oh, should you peek B-Links on Ascent... Uh, when you're on defense and then only stop doing that if you die. I kind of agree. I peak B-Links a lot because that's an even duel. Taking even duels until you see the other team is better than aiming at you, that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about specifically oh, doing something on, that shouldn't on. work and okay. then seeing no, that no, it no. doesn't. The it reference doesn't that you're bringing up was, number one, an unrated game. Number two, we were all drunk. Okay, okay. And number three, it was an unrated game. We're fucking around. Yes, okay, no, this happens a lot, long. though. You like I think that was in links. comp, though. I you thought like... that was in comp. I could be wrong. Or, sorry, you, maybe... you like peeking C-Long, honestly. Yeah, I do yeah, like peeking uh, on Haven. Yeah. So you like, you like going for that duel, say we're yeah. on attack. Okay. On defense, it's another story, okay? Yeah. Because true. defense, you can hold C-Long. Yeah. But you peak D-Long on attack. Um, D-Long, not D-Long, but yes. I mean, you think Cass Chase said D long? I think he, I thought he just said D long. Well, that would be big dick swimming <laughs> in the locker room. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> okay. So you like taking that duel, yeah. but that is by definition an unfair gunfight for you because they can hold that angle while you have to swing it. Peaker's advantage? But they can have no, a marshal or an op there and take the yeah. shot yeah, oh, safely. Yeah, and so then back if I off. know if I know somebody is opping on C Long, you and don't I've know this. This is round. This is round two. Round two. See, I'm okay, saying round four. It, it, round where they four. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's the first okay. time you've no, done no, this. I'm saying and they could possibly yeah. have a full buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm saying yeah. my philosophy is most relevant round three, where both teams bring out rifles. This is not no. This is round four. Maybe round four, where both teams bring out rifles. <laughs> I will often buy a rifle for round two if we win pistol. But as will I. I see what you're saying. Okay, so first full buy round of the game. Ops potentially in play if someone saved for it. Right? Yeah. Right. You don't take that because they have an advantage on you. Ah, With no utility, you have to force someone off that angle because otherwise you are swinging into an angle that they are holding. And that is, by definition, an unfair gunfight for you. And so that is you not respecting the other team. If they kill you, then you won't do that again or you'll use utility. You'll make one of your teammates give you utility. I understand that. That's completely fine. What I'm saying is that you do that from the start. Is that you waste yes, the utility? Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm saying that you should waste the utility oh, from your teammate on oh, that round. Okay. Do it. Yeah. No one was there. Great. No one's holding that that angle. Then maybe the next round you can push it with no consequence. Yeah. But for the first time, say you push it with no utility to clear that angle, then you're gonna die, and that severely disadvantages you in that round. Well, right. if this, you push this it with exactly utility... This is, this is exactly what we're talking about, right? Exactly. Yeah, if saying... you push it with utility, yeah. then you'll know, and you are not only still alive, but you have that information for future rounds of, oh, they right. do hold that angle, but good thing I cleared it, or mm-hmm. they don't hold that angle, I can push that without wasting utility next round. Yeah, and I fully agree with Chase and, and, and this being the situa- in the situation, because what often happens is Cass takes that peak and dies... And one of two things happen. Either we're like, Cass, why did you take that? And he says, well, you know, they haven't earned my respect yet. Or, or Cass is yelling at us, why did you not do the same thing with me? <laughs> and then we say the same thing. So this is where the philosophy difference actually ends up causing some uh, lighthearted tension amidst the team. Yeah, I mean, what do you say to this? I feel like Hunter and I have a very solid point here. Yeah. I'm saying that until the other team proves that they're better at aiming than I am, I'm going to I'm going to take every duel I can. I mean, I'm not talking about your personal philosophy. I'm talking about do you think this is better for the team and for the game? Oh. Yeah. Like do you think your personal philosophy is actually beneficial? In certain circumstances, <laughs> I would argue yes, given the circumstances. I'm not talking about certain up. circumstances. I'm talking about in general. Yeah. Because Hunter and I are arguing that you are actively harming the team by not giving them respect off the bat. And yeah. in like overall, you're actively harming the team while you're arguing that it is beneficial for the team. Yeah. Because if we're just arguing personal philosophy, like I can say that I enjoy playing Yoru and that doesn't mean, <laughs> doesn't mean it's necessarily best for the team that I've put so much effort into developing my Yoru play. It would be far more beneficial to the team if I had focused on learning a more meta agent. But I enjoy playing Yoru, so I do. And I don't think that's what's best for the team, necessarily. So that's not... The question is what's best for the right, team right, in right. this case. Like, what is going to most more, like, often win you rounds? Whether it's that round or future rounds. What's most often going to win you games? Respecting them at first? Yeah. Or disrespecting them at first until that you they've earned your respect? Chase is spitting facts right now. Yeah, okay, you raise a really solid point, because... <laughs> If I don't respect the other team and get away with it from the get-go, we were probably going to win that game anyway. 
Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're definitely raising a really solid point here. <laughs> exactly. Because if, if you get away with it from the beginning, then even if you had wasted utility on it to clear it at that angle the first time, you were still probably going to win that round. Okay, but how often... Okay, like, when you say wasting utility on it, and, like, which I don't necessarily think is the best term. I don't think you're wasting utility in that context. But, like, if you're going to use utility... Yeah, to, yeah. To gain invest that angle. Utility. Right, yeah. If you, uh, that's a good way to put it. If you're going to invest utility to gain that angle, right? Do you necessarily know if you force somebody off it? Like, because oftentimes I am the person holding C-Long. I mean, you do by the end off. of the round. Say I'm I'm playing Breach, I flash that angle for you. I know yeah. by the end of that round, oh, did I flash someone? Ah, uh, okay. That okay, that's true. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't think about that. Cause I was saying that oftentimes as like like me playing either chamber or jet when I'm opping on C Long, if someone flashes me off that angle and I back off, like and again, I, I wasn't considering the after round report. Yeah. But I find that a lot of times you don't necessarily know if I was actively looking all the way down that angle or if i was just playing on site and waiting for contact yeah okay so flashes sometimes like you know you can still not be full blinded by a flash and it'll come right. up as you flashed in a like a opponent mm-hmm. or an enemy but there are other there's other utility say a breach aftershock a sova shock dart where it tells mm-hmm. you enemies displaced right and that is very, very useful information. So you okay. you take that, um, you know exactly where you shot that, mm-hmm. and you it tells you, oh, did someone move out of the way? I didn't know if it did that. That's actually really cool. It does tell you that. Okay, so you, you know, like you omen paranoia someone, as well. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, even if you don't hit someone with it, it tells you did you, did someone move out of the way to avoid it? That's actually really cool. I didn't know that it did that. So that's a ton of information there, and just further proves, Hunter, my point about you should respect the team until you realize you don't have to. Okay, not non-sequitur, but um, did any of you guys see those uh, shock darts as Sova from Spawn on Icebox into Kitchen? I have not. That today? sounds nasty. Is that on Reddit, I guess? Uh, no, no it, was, it was, no, it was... Um, God, who was it? It was in the Fnatic Icebox, uh, oh, Fnatic C9 cool. Icebox mm. game. Uh, someone was shooting, I, I don't remember which side it was, but someone was shooting shock darts into Kitchen from spawn right off the start of the round. Which I thought was super fucking cool. And as you pointed out, at the end of the round, even if you get no damage off that utility, you know what you're saying is it would tell you if it pushed somebody off. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. That's actually really cool. Because I don't play Sova, or well, I don't play any other characters besides Jet and Chamber. Um, I, I didn't know that you got that kind of information in your after round report. Okay, Cass, so I think here's the real question. Yeah. Is, has this conversation changed your opinion at all? Or will you continue to not respect the opponents <laughs> until they've gained your respect? Or have we now uh, debated you and won? Well... Ooh. We can always hop into a game after uh, this podcast is over and test that theory out. But I think the theory I would... of how your mentality will change. No, no, no. Let's not answer that. This is over many games. Here's the big thing, right? <laughs> I think I will still take those those even gunfights, right? B links to tree. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, so do so do I. I, I also have to Arctic. Right? Okay. I yeah. think you know, like you haven't you haven't changed me off of doing those. I wasn't now, trying to. Have okay. we have we changed you off of pushing C long with no utility to clear that angle first? Yeah. If I'm feeling really cocky, I'll probably still do it, but you raise a very valid point, to which I think Ooh. I would agree that more often than not, I should probably get someone to toss some utility for me to, to take that angle. At least the first time. Yeah. Wow. Okay, because, all right, well, that's the other thing, is I don't play characters who have the ability to get an advantage in terms of that. I no, you you don't you can't force people off an angle. I can't force people off an utility, angle, but you can um, get your teammates to. I can, yes. Which oftentimes, I mean, I, I think you guys can attest to this in games. I will often ask one of the two of you guys to do something for me. It, yes, I can attest to that. Yes, yeah. but what you're saying is that's only after they've gained your respect. Yeah, typically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let me yeah, bring up another definitely. example since we've discussed Haven Sea Long quite a for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the examples in terms of my philosophy of waiting to uh, of giving them respect until they've shown that they shouldn't be respected is that when we're playing defense on any map, you know, you have to figure out is are the attackers going for a very concerted uh, snowball style full on sight hit or are they going for map control first? So when when the map when the match starts, ideally I think what's optimal in terms of gameplay and how I like to play is if we lose a person on site and they're pushing a site, that I think it's best to not full rotate immediately off of that, but instead to get as much information as we can about where the rest of the team is. Of course, if you know all five people are on site, then you might as well rotate. But if you know yeah. there are some number of people on a site, one person on the team has died they have an advantage on getting to that site. I think it's important to not fully rotate on, on on that right away because you respect the fact that they could have lurkers or it could be a fake. But then if as the game goes on it turns out that they're just almost that they're just every time full site pushing, then at that point as soon as anyone shows up on a site, then I say I don't respect the fact that they might be faking or lurking or getting getting map control elsewhere and we should all rotate. But on the other hand, if I didn't give them that respect from the beginning and I just immediately rotated as soon as like someone, one of our teammates lost a gunfight on one site, then that leaves us open to losing that round because they actually did have a lurk. They did have a fake. And now we've lost the round for me to figure out that I should have given that respect from the get-go. So that's why my philosophy is the opposite of the question you initially asked. Okay. Uh, Now... Just in just in terms of like the fast rotate thing, I, I typically agree with you. However, I think pistol round is different. Oh sure, um, sure, I would agree I with think, that. I think a pistol round when you see an attack coming, you rotate. Uh, at yeah, least I, in I our in our elo, I don't think anybody ever defaults on pistol round. I tend to agree with that. Like yeah. I, I'm like maybe they've got maybe they've got to work somewhere, right? But typically on pistol round, you see a team being hey. We're going A, or we're going B. Let's just fucking dump our utility. Let's get in there. Let's fucking let's fucking pull the or hit hit mouse one. Let's just fire some shots off and see how that gets us. Um, yep. So on pistol round specifically, I will always fast rotate. Um, whereas after pistol round, I do find that a lot of the times I I will hold position um, and wait and see. Obviously, if someone on your team, like, takes an aggressive angle and calls out, hey, I got 5A, 
I'm probably going to book it over. Yeah. Um, You're like a KO knife revealing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a KO knife. Someone just calls out, hey, there's a lot of motherfuckers coming, eh? I'm probably (laughs) going to give up the angle and and try to go back them up. But if it's like, hey, I saw like, oh, like too short, right? If that's the call you get, right? Too short, Reyna hit 50. Uh, Didn't heal. I'm probably not going to immediate rotate off that. Yeah. And maybe maybe Hunter you're right. Maybe that is giving me giving respect to the other team. I think it is. Yeah. Um that that could be in that case. This is a very different scenario than our original. Yes, yes, this was. Yeah, but the question was about the general philosophy, which is why yeah, I wanted okay. to bring up another mm-hmm. example. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I agree it's very different. I I think on defense you're right in terms of how they strategically approach it. I probably do give them more respect whereas as far as their mechanical skill and aim goes, I would say I typically start off not giving them respect. But strategically, I, th- I think I still do give them the benefit of the doubt. So, Hunter, I think we've accomplished our, our goal here, and we've actually uh, changed Cass's opinion on something. Which is, we'll, see, we'll see if that affects the game, but yeah. I, yes, we'll, we'll see if that actually comes into play. But I'd say that I've had hundreds of hours of debate with Cass on various topics. Yeah. And have I ever gotten him to change his opinions on something? This might be the first time. Okay. It's, There's you know, been a lot of agreeing to disagree. First. <laughs> Pro- okay, probably not the first. And- probably not the first, but you do have a very solid point. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of few. <laughs> yeah. Basically, podcast listeners, what you're, uh, what you're experiencing is something very special, and we're glad oh, to yeah, have had this yeah. journey with you, because this <laughs> is a rare occurrence. a unicorn. <laughs> hey, hey. Episodes, this is only episode six, Cass. Wait until oh. episode seven. <laughs> oh yeah already Cass on that is note gonna, Cass is not going to be a jet main by episode 8 or chamber either he's going to we're going to convince Excuse him me? to leave all his mains behind by Yo, whoa, main. there, chief. whoa there <laughs> chief them, them some strong words <laughs> um, okay on that note does anybody else want to hit close on the record and open on the valorant uh yeah I, I could do that I would be down alright cool if you guys are on uh what western servers then uh, maybe Cass and I will see you there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You won't know until the podcast happens, though, <laughs> that we came right from this. So we'll probably tuned. still be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See you later. <laughs>